Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 33. We're pressing play on Netflix Originals. I'm joined by Amy and Mark, as always. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? Hello. Hey, hey. Good. good. So we actually, I feel like we watched a lot of shows this past week or so. Uh, So, you know, we're going to dive into two shows that we uh, all watched that, you know, we're going to go not episode by episode, but... We're going to really talk about some of the characters, the details, the plot, the whatnot. So there are spoilers during that. And that will be for Kissing Booth 3 and for Control Z. But as always, we're going to start off with some of the shows that we've watched on our own that maybe you've heard about, that you're on the fence about. And we maybe might steer you in one way, hopefully get you to go watch that show or save you some time and not watch that show. So which one of you want to go first? What do you guys got? I can go first. I did not watch a ton um, this past week. I was on vacation and I was actually doing more reading than I was watching. But I started watching Valeria, which I found really interesting. It's based in Madrid and it's basically sex in the city in Madrid. Um, It's a very similar story. She's an author Um, whereas I guess in Sex and the City, Carrie Bradford was very successful. This woman is not, and she's having to take other jobs to pay the bills while she's writing, um, her book, but the, she has a core group of friends. There's four of them and like, they each have the different personalities kind of like they had in Sex and the City. Um, it's very graphic, just like Sex and the City was. Um, there's definitely like a Kim Cattrall person. Um, and like, I, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm not done with it yet. I'm enjoying it because I actually really loved Sex and the City. It's interesting to watch this play out in another country, first of all, but also kind of in more modern times. Um, not like, you know, it was in the 1800s, but but still just in, in 2021. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's called Valeria. And like I said, I basically call it Sex in the City in Madrid. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's a little slow moving and it, it very well could be that everything's being translated because whereas I feel like the dialogue in Sex and the City was a little bit faster, the banter was a little more faster paced. This feels a little bit slower, but I'm interested in seeing where it goes. And again, is this a, I, sorry, is this a new show? Like that just came out or I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, but again, I do want I just want to put that disclaimer out there again. It is graphic. It is not for, um, Anybody who's not an adult. So, and that's really what I've been watching. Other than that, I've been rewatching it, and this is not a Netflix show, um, but I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls on Netflix, um, just as kind of a comfort summer show, um, which I've seen so many times I can't even count at this point, but kind of just rewatching that too. So, that's kind of where I've been spending my time, other than Kissing Booth 3 and Control Z. So, uh, Mark, what have you been watching? 
Well, I just got to chime in a little bit. Well, first I had a question about Valeria. I mean, did you feel like if you're a Sex and the City fan, is this supplemental to Sex and the City or does it feel like a knockoff? I mean, does it feel, does it feel like it's enhancing your viewing pleasure? No, it feels feel like, like a knockoff. knockoff? It, uh, it feels okay. like a knockoff. Um, so if yeah, you're missing Sex but, and the City, this should kind of fill up that void maybe? Well, and there's bit, yeah. that, re- that reboot's around the corner. I'm so excited exactly. for that. Exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's good. It's good. It's not... It's it's nothing else than, like I said, it's just a different version of the same story. Is how it feels at this point. And I'm only about halfway through the season, so... Gotcha. But, yeah. Well, and I got, I got to give you two major thumbs up to the Gilmore Girls shout-out. Because that show and that writing... It's it, terrible. It, it, you're right. Shut it! Shut it! It's so. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, it, for me, for me, it doesn't age. I I can watch it right. over and over again. It's like watching. Talk about fast banter. Like a tennis match. I was just gonna say yeah. it's like watching it back and forth, and it's. I mean, for me, I wish more shows were written like that on every yeah. network every day. Um, I miss I agree. it. All right. Well, what have you been watching, Mark? Uh, well, so um, I watched uh, in kind of a, a surprise to. Uh, Grace and Frankie fans, Netflix dropped the first four season, uh, four, four episodes of their final season, season seven. Uh, I, and I don't, have y'all watched Grace and Frankie? Are you fans at all? Never seen I it. I haven't. Or Everyone heard of keeps it. telling me that I would love it. And I think I saw like the first episode of it. And then I don't know what happened. We probably had other things I had to watch for this and I just never got back to it. It's, it is so much fun, and and the whole premise behind Grace and Frankie is that they are, uh, f- they pr- uh, were at first they were women who were forced together by their husbands who were law partners and best friends, and so they vacationed together, and uh, they had a beach house that they took turns sharing and that sort of thing, uh, and in the very first episode of season one. Uh, the husbands take the wives to a, a group dinner, the four of them, and confess that they have been gay lovers for decades. And they want a divorce because they want to come out and and have this relationship. Oh, damn! Right, and yeah. so yeah. and damn. so Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, uh, who are amazing together. Obviously, they've had chemistry since since nine to five, which I think was back in the late seventies or early eighties. Um, uh, they play the wives. Uh, Lily Tomlin is a pot smoking artist, ding dong hippie with a huge heart, and Jane Fonda is a martini swilling country club elitist. Uh, with a very quick wit and uh, the two of them are, you know, they could not be more polar opposites. Uh, and they have to the, live together, right? In yes. one of the beach houses. Okay. They, they because their options are limited uh, and they're, the, the husbands are trying to make the divorce amicable and everything, but still, you know, they're, they have nowhere to go really. So they wind up living together. And over the course of these seven seasons, uh, they form a, a, a so at first it's almost like a sarcastic friendship that really starts to peel away layers of, of true affection for one another to the point now where literally like in this current season or at the end of last season, Jane Fonda's character had found a new husband and she missed living with Lily Tomlin's character so much that she was trying to find a way to get back to the beach house and not lose her marriage. So it's like, that's how, how close they've become. But, uh, the, the third character in this show really is them aging. It's these women trying to rediscover their lives uh, at, a, at a time in your life when you're just supposed to kind of watch your kids go to college and, and reflect. And all of a sudden they have to reboot. Um, and they're doing it in the midst of 
dating and osteoporosis and, you know, sore feet and dementia and you name it. I mean, it's, it's got everything. Um, and the whole cast is great. They have, uh, they, they each have two kids, uh, who are adults with their own sets of problems that kind of weave into the storyline. Um, anyway, at, here we are at season seven and all of these tapestry threads have all woven together for a cast of characters. You can find something to love and hate about everyone. Uh, you're, you're rooting for them. You know them. They feel like family. And if these four episodes are any indication, the rest of the season to drop in 2022 uh, is going to be amazing. So super excited there. Um, and then I, for me, my other one, uh, I think that uh, Diego, I think you watched too, was Vivo. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, well, it, it, should we jump into talking about that or were there other we, things yeah, that you had seen, Diego? We, no, we could give it a good uh, two, three minute. All yeah. right. All right. Well, so uh, Vivo is a an animated musical. Uh, it was written by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton and In the Heights fame. Actually, uh, the show was pitched, I read online, back in like 2010 before Hamilton, uh, you know, erupted. Yeah, he said... He said this was like a big passion project for him that his it was his favorite thing that he's been a part of. Really? Well, yeah, that's what my wife said about it. You know, and and rightly so. I mean, I I liked this show a lot. I could have loved it, and we'll get into that later. Uh, but um, I mean, it's it's got his signature all over it. He voices the main character, so you can't get him out of your head, literally. But um, it's got the the genre mashups, the the crazy tempo changes, the rap. Uh, and the amazing ballads, all of the things that I loved and we all probably loved about Hamilton, it's there. Um, it's got a cast that is almost entirely brown, which is so nice to see. So it's not just all of like the, the whitewashed, you know, Caucasian characters running around. They speak in Spanish. Um, it's There's a real homage to Cuba and to Miami mm-hmm. and, and the Latino culture there. Um, so I loved that. Uh, it had sort of... Well, so... Uh, the the basic premise of the movie is that uh, Vivo is a, a a what kind of monkey is he? He's I, I'm going to butcher the name. Um, he is uh, Ooh, a, a kink, kinkajou a kinkajou. kinkajou. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, that uh, land, fell on fell into a, a mango truck and somehow wound up in Cuba, far away from his homeland, uh, and befriends this old man named Andres who the two of them have like a hurdy-gurdy type thing that he plays music and Vivo dances around for for money in this town square in Cuba. Uh, they become very, very good friends. They fall into a, a, a really happy rhythm and routine, which uh, the opening number is a, a rap slash song between the two of them called One of a Kind that sort of sets the stage for the talent you're going to get in this movie. Um, then uh, Andres finds out that his long-lost love, a singing partner named Marta, who left for the States decades ago and has become huge, voiced by Gloria Estefan, which is awesome, uh, she sent him a letter saying, my, my farewell concert is in the next couple of nights. I would really love it if you could be there. Maybe we could play together again. And Andres reveals that he, when she had the chance to go to the States, he told her to go, even though he loved her with all of his heart, didn't tell her he loved her because he didn't want to hold back her career. So it's this unrequited love. He's going to go, he's going to give her this song that he wrote that tells her why he didn't tell, you know, why he didn't bear his heart to her on that night and how much he loves her. Uh, and Vivo, of course, he likes his, he, he likes his friendship that he has with Andres. He likes Cuba. He doesn't want to go. He storms off. 
he has a sort of moment where he's like, wait, you know, we should do this. This is Andres's love. I want to be there for him. Uh, he comes home. Andres is asleep. Andres never wakes up the next morning. So in, in true like Disney form, the father figure dies at the beginning. Um, yeah. And that was hard. That was so sad. But um, but then basically uh, his great uh, his niece and her daughter, his great niece, come to a memorial from the States. To uh, They live in Key West. They've come down for the memorial. And uh, Vivo sees an opportunity to sneak into the great niece Gabby's luggage and head back to Miami and meet up with Marta and deliver this song to her. Um, and so for me, the whole first act of this movie was beautiful. I mean, it was it was just pure poetry, literally and figuratively. Um, there's a song after Andres dies that Vivo sings called One More Song, where he talks about the longing for his gone friend and his his departed friend. And I mean, it brought up so many feels for me for so many relationships, you know, that I've lost for reasons from, from death to bad fights and everything in between. But, uh, there's this one line where he says, all I have to do is sing louder than my fear. And I'm like, what a message, you know? Um, uh, and then, so for me, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm talking too much, Diego. I I want you to chime (laughs) in (laughs) For me, where the film went a little off the rails was when he and Gabby have this kind of road trip to get to Miami. But <laughs> it was just too far fetched for you. <laughs> well, it was it was clutter. Uh, I thought the song uh, and the movie had so much soul, and it's got this sort of the the Coco and Soul movie format mm-hmm. where there's there's death, there's a big journey, and there's music as connective tissue uh, uh, between the people and between their feelings. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're being chased by a Girl Scout troop and a snake who, for some reason, hates sound, hates loud noise, and they're making birds fall in love. It, it turned into kind of a kiddie, you know, schlock fest. And for me, I mean, I guess they, they were trying to do that just to keep the, the younger audience entertained, but I, I didn't really have any... The, the only thing I did like about that was that Michael Rooker, who is... Uh, yes. Merle from Walking Dead and had a very sadly short part in the Suicide Squad. He was the voice of the snake. Uh, The whole liking or hating noise thing as his reason for being a a villain, a very short-lived villain, I thought was kind of weird. But again, felt cluttery. Uh, And so I I was not a fan of that. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, We actually made it a family night, my wife and my son. And... My son's sometimes very complicated to watch movies because he always wants to watch the same movie like a hundred times. So anytime trying to get him to watch a new movie can be difficult. But what always seems to get him is is movies with music, like lively music. Mm-hmm. So that's why he loves like Coco that sure. you brought up. And so, so this one right off the bat, the music is, you know, music that he's kind of also used to hearing in terms of that, you know, South American, Central American, Caribbean kind of feel to it, and um, so he, he really enjoyed the music there that, that kind of hooked him into staying involved in the movie and kind of paying attention to it. And I, I really liked that. I like the characters were, were funny. Vivo, Gabby, the birds, the, the, the snake, like you said. And just the story was just nice. And, and, and there were a lot of far-fetched parts, like the idea of this uh, monkey trying to bring a song to a singer and then you know, making it all the way to Miami. Um, but it's a cartoon and mm-hmm. the, the, the adventure aspect of it was, was fun. It was fun. It was a fun movie. So yeah. I enjoyed it. Definitely. 
if you have young ones, this is a movie that you should watch with them. Uh, it 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 had all the perfect parts of a feel good story, high energy, entertaining humor. The music was great. Everything there's an even and I felt like every song had like a message that was part of the story, but just an overall message about whatever it was. So like that one song where Gabby's singing in her room and she's like, I marched to the beat of my own drum and the world of ho hum. Um, so just a bunch of like, you know, I'm my own person kind of and I'm gonna do do what I want and not care what other people think kinda. So it was it was nice and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I do think Gabby's song that you mentioned is, I mean, that, that I think could be a real anthem for a lot of little girls out there. My daughter included, uh, we watched the movie together and, and, and she loves that because she, she's not a Disney princess kid. She's not a pink kid. You know, she, she likes ninjas and karate and, uh, sports and all that stuff. And so to see Gabby unapologetically rapping, no less about, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and the rest of you are boring. That that for me kind of made my heart warm because hmm. I knew I knew she was hearing it that my daughter was hearing it. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of good messages in the movie. Yeah. So but the one thing I would have done differently. The one thing is that maybe uh, getting back to music as the heart of the movie is instead of having Gabby be sort of a she's kind of a bad musician like she can't carry a tune and 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 like Vivo who lost Andres uh, before the movie begins we you know we find out that somewhere in the in her origin story Gabby's father has passed away and he was a musician i would have loved for gabby to have been a great musician but not picked up an instrument since he died and then at the end of this huge journey when they you know they get to marta the the famous singer and they give her the music have gabby get up on that stage and come alive (laughs) again like for me that would have been more heart and more feelings uh you know but uh you know who am i i'm not kidding anyone i I was still crying (laughs) like a baby at the end of that so it is what it is (laughs) That's a good review because that's been on my list to watch with my little guy. We both have wanted to see it. We just never have gotten to it, but I'll make sure that that he and I watch it now. For sure. Put it on your real list. Put it on your real list. Yes, I will put it on my real list. (laughs) Your real list of of things to watch. Mark, you got anything else? Uh, No, not for now. All right. Uh, Well, for me, uh, besides watching Vivo, I also watched another animated film with the little guy, and we watched Wish Dragon. I don't know if you guys caught that. I loved Wish Dragon. Yeah, I I'd liked it too. it too. If you can get, I will say that if you can get past the idea that it's almost identical to Aladdin, oh, 100%. You will, you will enjoy this movie. It does have its own unique uh, feel to it and its own unique touch in terms of, you know, I, I like how they gave a backstory of how the genie became a genie, or the dra- witch dragon became a witch dragon. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I always talk about a good backstory. So I like that. I like the story of friendship how this the, the boy and the girl uh din and what was the girl's name i uh, don't remember i watched it when it first came out but yeah din and the girl like they were young friends from they were like babies mm-hmm. or like kindergarten kids and then you know her dad kind of broke out and his business blew up and so she you know went and went to go live that uppity life and she couldn't deal with din and living in the you know the poor section of the city or whatever and then all he wants to do is just get his friend back and, yeah. it, and like that kind of blew the, the wish dragon's mind about you don't want gold. You don't want her to fall in love with you. You just want your friend back. And even when he wishes to look powerful and look like he has money, he only wants it for 24 hours. So, so like those are like the unique parts of the uh, the story. But, you know, there are a lot of elements of, you know, there's a, 
you know, villain trying to get the genie and but I thought it was it was fun. The dragon was funny. Whoever played the dragon yes. was really funny. The rich dragon. Uh and it's I another good animated movie. And I think we've talked about this, Amy, how I feel like Netflix animated movies are sometimes not so good, but Vivo yes. and Wish Dragon have probably been two of the best animated movies I've seen in a long time on Netflix. Oh, I would original agree with Netflix you. animated. So if you again, if you're looking for for some movie nights with the kiddos, Wish Dragon, if you haven't caught that yet, definitely check it out. And Vivo, definitely check it out. Definitely. Yep. Anything and else you watch? Other thing. Yeah, I saw brand new cherry flavor, and I I don't know if this was just the the knockoff week for me, but but this was another kind of knockoff. And while Wish Dragon was a really good stand, it could stand on its own kind of knockoff. Brand new cherry flavor was a very not so great knockoff of American Horror Story in terms of oh. what like they were trying to do. And I just like there were parts that were like, okay, okay, I feel this, I, I can get into this. But there are other parts of like, what the, what what's going on right now? <laughs> really? Like it was just it was like it was like extra stuff. Um, but pretty much this girl, she's an up and coming director. She gets to L.A. She has a meeting with some you know high named uh, producer. He uh, he tries to hit on her. She's not beat for it, and he kind of screws her over, takes her movie from her, and then she meets some witch who. It's like, yo, we can put a curse on this guy. And so, like, you, the whole, like, the first couple episodes of her trying to get the ingredients to, like, and some of the ingredients are crazy. Like, she has to pull, like, graphic here, pubic hair from him to, like, get the curse going. Okay. And, <laughs> and, like, it's just, like, it's a lot of things. The first, So the first four episodes of that, just trying to get the curse going. Finally, like, the curse kind of kicks in, and then you kind of see it kind of, like, spiral out of control for her and then like people are kind of dying people are getting hurt and she's like no 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 no. i don't want like this curse is like i'm done like it's, it's too serious and the witch is like nah like it's like we we we, we can't back out and then you kind of see that the witch has ulterior motives as well why she's kind of helping lisa out who's the main character and it kind of goes from there and and it's, it turns into a kind of battle of like the witch versus the girl who wanted the curse and other people get involved. And she has like a zombie ar army too. It's, it was a lot. Okay. Uh, it, it got a lot of hype these last couple days. Don't believe the hype for me. All you're right. better off waiting. You're, you're better off waiting for American horror story. The new season to come out. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, that's, so anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it for me, besides okay. the two that we're really going to talk about. So which one do you kind of want to jump into? And just a fair warning, people, we are going to get into some spoilers here for Control-Z and Kissing Booth 3. So fair warning. All right. Why don't we start do with Control-Z? All right. So lead us off here, Amy. What what, are, uh, so what I, is Control-Z? So Control-Z... Season one, it's the story of these kids go to this school and there's this hacker who's basically hacked into everybody's cell phones and has everybody's secrets and starts to expose them one by one, right, in very public ways by during, um, you know, an assembly and then 
sharing them on people's phones. And you go throughout the first season trying to find out who the hacker is. And the main character is this girl, Sophia. And there's this group of rich kids, this really rich kid, Raul. Um, but then this new boy shows up at the school, Javi, and his father is a professional soccer player. And you never really know who it is, right? You think maybe it's Javi, you think maybe it's Raul, et cetera, et cetera. And season one ends and we find out that it's Raul um, and that he's done it. And there's also um, within this group of friends, this guy named Jerry who winds up getting in a fight and accidentally killing this boy named Luis who is someone who's been picked on uh, throughout throughout the season when you know, um, go ahead well i'm sorry just to jump in uh, in reference to season one uh one of the things i thought really worked with season one is um this is a little bit of a stretch but did you guys ever see the following that show with um i think it was kevin bacon yes where it was so there's a cult leader and throughout the whole three seasons of the show he he makes friends with and has allies or people who are already in his life and Every once in a while, one of those people is secretly in the cult, and suddenly they turn around and do the most horrific yes, thing, yes. a murder or an abduction or, or you know, whatever. Um, so for me, this that, 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 that component, that edge-of-your-seat suspense of who's involved, not just who is the hacker, but who's being blackmailed by the yeah. hacker to do something to... Help him I will meet say that season ends. one, yeah, season one definitely there were it. You wanted to keep watching each episode because you were so invested mm-hmm. in who was the hacker, right? And how, how like, and it was also a you know public service announcement about not hooking up to the public Wi-Fi. That's right. <laughs> Stay off the cloud. Yeah, off the cloud. Holy yeah. cow! So yeah, yeah. but so I, now I, you get. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, but so I, I loved that component of it because you had that main who's the hacker through line, that thread for the whole season. But literally everyone had something horrible that might be exposed at any given moment. And I forgot that, that the hacker was using that as leverage, right? They would contact somebody to say, I've got this secret and then have them do bad things. Um, That's right. So, yeah. So when this season started... I had fully meant to go back and watch the last episode of the last season to remind myself and kind of just forgot about it. So I was hoping they would do a recap, which they kind of did. But there were so many things by the end of that season that I had forgotten. I had forgotten that Sophia's father was supposedly dead, but then he shows up and he's not actually dead. I had forgotten that this one girl, Natalia was had lost all this money and got involved with Mm. these drug dealers i had forgotten about that i had like there was a bunch of different stuff that i had forgotten so as i was watching this first season even though they kind of did like and it wasn't a recap but it was kind of like a real quick flash at some of the things that had happened in season one it took me a while like that first episode i was like oh yeah i forgot about that Wait, who is this guy? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so it was interesting to watch. But basically, in this season, not the hacker's back, but somebody's back. Um, basically, trying to get vengeance, I guess, for Luis's death, right? Like, yeah, they the keep, Avenger. Yeah, the Avenger. They're trying to get, get some um, vengeance for, for Luis's death. And it just. I'll be honest with you, like, I I enjoyed the season, 
I didn't love this season as much. This was one of those shows, and we've talked about this before, Diego, but this was one of those shows where I really had an issue with the complete and total lack of adult supervision of anybody, right? <laughs> like, the, like, there's just, there's none of it. There's no you know, supervision. You know what? And just, and I, and I know we'll get to it later in the Kissing Booth 3, but there were times in the Kissing Booth 3 where I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh my gosh. Kids are in high, there's kids are in high school, but they're taking shots at the bar at like some, yes. is this a house? Is this a restaurant? But they're just like freely drinking like and no one cares. Right. Well, even, so, uh, even well, I'll get to that with that one too. I had some so, issues but, with that too. <laughs> but I, 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 and I think we always get into this is just to, you know, we got to put reality kind of right. to the side a little bit and my my biggest thing and, and, and i don't know if we'll get into it but in season one i think i said this and i said it again in my notes is how does quintanilla still have a job right <laughs> right he's the, the worst Quintani- principal ever he's the principal in season one and just so much crazy and like he just had no control of his life right of his fiance his fiance's kid and the school in general, right? And then, and then, in the first uh, two episodes, he's still the principal, and later on, obviously, he he ends up losing the job. But I I just couldn't believe that he still had he was still the principal even after everything that's happened. He was still the principal, uh, right? So it's just we, there's a lot of disbelief that you kind of have to put to the side uh, with Control Z. Mm-hmm. But I I I will say that I think. Con- I liked season two a little bit just because I didn't know what what was going on. And it wasn't until late, I think the last two or three episodes that I was like, man, it's going to be someone that is not really like a main player in, right. in, in the show. Right. No, I agree you know, with I that. Thought, I thought, and I made notes during the early part of season two, it was going to be Lulu, his ding-dong secretary. With the <gasps> I wrote the same setup. thing. I, That's what I thought. You know what? There were points where I was like, man, I, and I, I said it to myself, I'm going to be freaking pissed if Lulu's the freaking hacker in season two or whatever. I was like, because she is playing the game. She like, is the, she, the long con. Like yeah. maybe she was like Luis's like half sister or something. I want <laughs> I want a spinoff series called Everybody Loves Lulu and I am here for it. She's I, the best. I thought the same thing. And I really thought it was her. I wrote it actually in episode seven. I said, it's Lulu. I know it's Lulu. Lulu is the Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my notes. Um, so, so we get into season two, right? Yeah. And it's the Avenger, like you just said. Someone trying to get payback for Luis's death. And now he is, or he or she, because we don't know, is trying to. First, they want Jerry, because Jerry's wanted. Jetty. Right is wanted yes. throughout and he's on the lamb. And then we find out that, uh, what's his name? Raul is kind of housing him in his own house, which doesn't make any sense, which doesn't make any sense. And Raul, it's Raul's Ra- fault. Right. Like, Raul, Raul set up everything. Raul to me is the most complicated character in the show because he does all this expecting some payoff. The payoff doesn't happen. And now he goes back to school where he constantly getting beat up. The fact that he showed his face in school makes no. You literally just because he's in love. 
Right. With <laughs> Sophia, I'm coming back here for you, Sophia. What? And and yeah. again, he's part of the reason why Quintanilla is such a bad principal because he's blackmailing the principal. Like, well, and, and side note, he, at the end of season one, revealed to everyone that Sophia's father had faked his death. So right. her life is ruined because of him. Right. And she and, had to fall in love with him. Which, oh, that, that for me, oh, that the whole of season two, Sophia hooking up with Raul made me just like want to throw a brick at the TV. Like she could be so smart and Sherlock Holmesian. Right. And then... It was going to piss me off if Raul uh, was the Avenger as well. Right. I was just glad that she wasn't with Javi because Javi, uh, I could not stand Javi this season. There was nothing about that kid where I was just like, ugh, is he on the screen again? Like his and the character. The fact that he wore that coat to that party, <laughs> that like three button, double breasted <laughs> coat from like. 1977 yeah. was the most hideous thing I've ever seen. And from that point on, I said, if Javi doesn't get killed off in this show, I'm going to be pissed. Right. But, right. But in, in, in every episode, pretty much, someone got put into like PG rated Saw Traff from the movie Saw. Yes. You know, peril, buried, some peril. Yeah. Yeah. So buried alive. Uh, they, they, threw like a uh, a Molotov into Luis's mom's house, which I also didn't really understand. I don't know if I Me missed on why why they threw fire. Was he trying to burn like evidence or the pictures or something? I like because no, Luis drew that uh, before he died. He was mad at his mom because she kept coming in and stirring oh, shit up with the principal. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so they were they were mirroring all of his fantasy drawings, right. and there was a picture of her in flames. Right then, then one episode you had Alex tied up in the school in her panties. Right, like, which later on you see that she did that all on her own because right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh. Th- then, what? What were the other traps? The bee, the beehive for the, the principal. Bee- oh, Catania got trapped in the bathroom and they threw the beehive in there. That was yeah. terrible. That was terrible. That was that was terrible. I like was like, oh, get him out, get him out. Even <laughs> though he's a terrible principal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you have pretty much the whole story starting to f- chase Jerry. It started almost focusing a lot on Jerry and yeah. like them trying to find Jerry and kind of use him as bait to lure out the Avenger. Right. And so you have Sophia and Javi at first. That all breaks up because then Javi hooks up with Natalia. Right. And he's all like trying to like get her like help her out and she needs money obviously right and she she joins like a an old person like a sugar daddy sugar mm-hmm. daddy app yeah and the sugar daddy that she first meet is javi's dad who she eventually her and her sister go to hook up with later which is and javi walks in on and javi the black, walks to blackmail him yeah. yeah oh my gosh what a disaster natalia's whole storyline is they find jerry and he's at um he's like how the boyfriend are we gonna call him a boyfriend? yeah kind of so they go to the club there with him they find him there and and what's his other the other guy's name pablo finds him and t- pablo takes the picture so now pablo gets the picture of jerry um uh raul mm-hmm. and sophia uh, sent it to the school so now everyone hates sophia mm-hmm which is a, a, another spinoff next to Everybody Loves Lulu. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> no, uh, can I interject something real yeah, quick? Yeah, no, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel compelled to say this. Uh, so they tried to give Jerry, Yeri, whatever we're calling him. I'm going to say Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Because, yeah. <laughs> um, they tried to kind of, through flashbacks and what have you, they gave him more of a backstory so that he's not just a cookie cutter bully. Uh, Luis had drawn a picture of him and given it to him, you know, before all of the events of season one. But uh, his father, saw, Jerry's father, saw it and was super homophobic and said that's really gay. And so Jerry gave the picture back to Luis, said, "Don't ever draw me again," and then started making a show of really torturing Luis all the time. Uh, and that was kind of how the bully slash homicide situation set up with them. Um, so as as they're showing all this and they're showing Jerry start to kind of come to terms with his own sexuality because he actually does have feelings for men. He meets this guy, um, whose name I'm forgetting, but the bouncer that wound up, he wound uh-huh. up kind of dating. Okay, so what he's telling, I just had to say, when he's telling this bouncer, I don't know what I am, I'm not sure, I have questions, and the bouncer guy says, meet me at this club. And it is the most disgusting sex S&M, right. like, <laughs> men whipping men, lesbians on a pool table. I don't, like, that is not a bar where anyone would ever take <laughs> someone who says... I have questions. <laughs> like, Here are your answers. <laughs> holy crap. I'm, and I'm watching that and I'm, I'm going, I hope that there are not these little closeted high schoolers watching this show and thinking that is their first step out of the closet. Right. Because it's the third. Right. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> it, was, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. I, but you know, I have to say, I really liked Jerry. I really liked the backstory because he was, was a, a character and I... The whole first season, I was like, oh, this guy, he's awful, he's awful. And right from the beginning in this season, there was just something that seemed different about him. And even at the end of last season, like, he, you could tell that he felt terrible that yeah. he had accidentally shot Luis. But just, like, he, he was friendly with Luis. They were kind of friends. And Luis wasn't afraid, really, to give him the picture. He was like, hey... Come here, I, I drew this picture of you. And he was like, oh, my God, this is great. Thank you. And Jerry thought it was good enough that he wanted to show his family, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, I really appreciated seeing that piece of it because I, there was just something different about Je- the character of Jerry after seeing that. I was like, oh, all right, I get it now. Well, In it, a way that – in it, like, and it made me feel, again, like, you know, if we're going <laughs> to talk about bullies and my feelings versus, oh, let's say Damon's feelings in Cobra Kai, um, <laughs> you know, there's no backstory good enough that's going to make me like that character in Cobra Kai. Whereas this, I was like, okay, he was 100% wrong. But, man, you know, the way that parents can mess up their kids and because all the kids want are their parents' approval. And the minute that dad was like, "Put that, that's disgusting, put it away, blah, 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 I was like, oh. And that well, kind of then taught – go ahead, Mark. Well, I was just going to say one more thing about d- developing Jerry is that at the end of season one, when Luis was in the hospital, he had this beautiful relationship build with Luis's mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. He came, out, he came out to her. She forgave him. They were holding hands in the hospital waiting room. Like all of that, you're going, wait, I can't hate him as much. Now. Right. And that that for me is is good character development. Yeah. So and that kind of and that backstory kind of ties into the reveal of Alex and right. who she's the she's the Avenger 
And the the main reason is because she feels like she's the one that convinced Louise to show Jetty yeah. the pictures. Right. And so like she felt obligated to avenge Louise's death because she's like, No one no one gives a shit about Louise. I did. And I felt terrible. It's all my fault kind of thing, right? Right. So she and so you you kinda get that and then you get the everything and, and I think they did a really nice job of this, all kind all the storylines meeting on the roof of the school, essentially. Yes. Right? You know, go ahead. Well, just one thing that I really liked, uh, going back and watching some of the uh, portions of season two after the big reveal of Alex, is in the very opening segment of episode one, they show Luis's grave and there are post-its and flowers and things all over it. And on his locker, it said, there's a post-it that says, we will not forget you. And then they show a little time-lapse photography, like the flowers dying on the grave. The post-its now are on the ground in the school being stepped on by other people. Right. And then they show a, mis- a mysterious figure, who we later find out is the Avenger slash Alex, making a list of names, a hit list. Right. And as that Avenger gets up and walks away, that crumpled up, we will not forget you, like dirty post-it is sitting there next to the list. Mm-hmm. So they kind of gave a little Easter mm-hmm. egg as to as, as to what was coming, why the Avengers doing what they were doing. Right. Oh, I like having you, Mark. You always find those little tiny details. He does. He does. It's awesome. <laughs> so they all meet in the roof, right? Yeah. And you have Natalia and Pablo and I forget her sister's Natalia's sister, right? They, they're they in the school because they know that in Luis's, you know, reserve locker that no one's allowed to use the Avenger put the money in there that right. she stole from Raul's safe. Then up on the roof, you have Raul, Jerry, and Alex, and Alex has a gun, and she wants Jerry to jump off the edge. Which I loved the whole social media poll. That yeah. Which, which, oh, my which gosh. I, I didn't understand that. I was like, so you're basically saying to the police that you're up on this roof about to make this guy jump, and you're posting <laughs> about it. Like, you are incriminating yourself. No, 100%. because it wasn't like her account. It was the Avengers account. Yeah, wh- the Avenger oh. was sending people stuff and posting so, things on this account. Oh, mate. Okay. See, I didn't. I thought it was her own account. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Even still, that IP address. You're, you're okay. But <laughs> on a phone, anyway. And then Sophia and Javi, who had just made up pretty much because Natalia hooked up with his dad, and he's still trying to help her with the money. And then you have Sophia, who hates. Raul, because she found out he was blackmailing Quintanilla because he had sex with the other teacher, so she cheated on Sophia's mom. Right. They're all on the roof, and... Except Javi is down in the car because he's boring no. nobody wants in there. No, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. Oh, Pablo. Oh, that, no, oh you're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mistake. And so they're all on the roof trying to convince Alex not to shoot Jerry or make him jump, which they do. And then they, Natalia and Sophia, no, Nat- Natalia and her sister show up with the bag of money. And Raul's like, yo, that's my money. And they all start fighting over it. And then the principal the lady comes Susanna, up. who I Susanna. thought it might have been her for a while, too, because she's the one that Quintanilla had the affair with. And so for a while, I was like, ooh, is she doing this to get him out so that she can be the principal? So I did think it was her, too, for a little bit, but... Go ahead. Sorry. So they're they're all fighting, and Pablo's at the at the bottom, like, like, what's going on up there? And the next thing you know, it starts raining a little cash, <laughs> and it starts raining a little Susanna, and she falls <laughs> off the roof. 
and she dies, <laughs> and, like, and it's it's so Pablo's like, uh, and Pablo starts collecting the money. Well, he looks at Natalia, it. I think, yeah. and Natalia gives him like a nod, like yeah, and so then he's like, Take- okay, and he starts picking up the money around her. Crazy. Yeah, and then. So, I mean, it's safe to, well, maybe not safe to assume, but, you know, he's taking that money to help Natalia pay off the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it lends to having a season three. Season, maybe? yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. know how. I don't know what it would be, but again. Well, they got to you know, cover this up now. They There's no security at the school. That's like, what kids, I wrote. Kids, okay, was... kids, kids can just go into the school with no problem. Like, there's no alarms. Like. Roof access is that easy? It's the national school. My note here says, doesn't this school have video cameras? It's a pretty big deal school, right? There's no security <laughs> footage. Like, I don't so... know. This was another one of those things. And I didn't really buy Alex being the Avenger. I didn't feel like her reasoning was good enough. Um, even just, I know she was trying to get the money because she wanted to go be with her girlfriend, who, by the way, was a teacher. Um, which, again, this whole... Teachers are just so poorly portrayed in movies. Um, but, like, I knew her parent, like, her her girlfriend left the school and then was going to move somewhere else. And she's like, hey, it's all right. My parents are going to pay for me to go. And I'm like, your parents are not paying for you to go live with one of your teachers somewhere else. 100%. And then I was like, okay, so that piece of it made sense. Like, she needs money for this. But... I don't know. I I was kind of disappointed in the ending. I was disappointed that at the end it was Alex. I was disappointed that the way that they're going to try to propel it into another season is with Susanna coming off of the roof. Um, Because at this point, now is there going to be like another hacker kind of person who's like, I saw what you did and is blackmailing all of them because they know what went down? Like... There was like pretty little liars action. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. So I liked so, it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, same. And I think for me, uh, the the whole cat and mouse component of everyone, you know, being targeted by the Avenger for me was not as suspenseful as the whole everybody has a secret. Right. From season one. Um, and then you you commented about how the, the Alex reveal was a little anticlimactic. I felt the same. And it reminded me of like Twin Peaks way back in the day. Where it starts off with a murder, who killed Laura Palmer? And it's who killed Laura Palmer was such a big deal. It was literally like on t-shirts and stuff. Right. And then there were so many red herrings and so many setups that, you know, led to letdowns that weren't really the case. That by the time they showed you who it was, not many people cared. Right. And so the, the whole thing had to be loosely loosely woven enough. I kind of felt the same about Raul's big reveal at season one. You did all of this because you had a crush? Right. Like, and so now Alex is like, yeah, I'm like, you did all of this because, because you told him to share a picture. Right. You felt a little guilty. Right. Um, so you, you just kind of had to roll with it. Um, I, which I had a hard time doing. I think all in all, it was, it was a good season. If there is no season three, I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, but it was a nice, cause you know, season one definitely ended on a cliffhanger that needed to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But this, so I just feel like, I feel like there are security cameras and I feel like someone's <laughs> going to pay the price well, and, and that's it. Drinking game alert. Anytime the, uh, the English dub, Jerry says, bro, <laughs> take a shot. Yeah. Or that, that the, or that the English, me. or that the captions don't match what's being said. Yes. Oh, we'd all be dead. We'd all be dead. <laughs> so, all right. Like, so all like, in all, 
Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just because I just uh, it was so painful to watch Jerry talk and or to hear him talk and be like, "Hey, bro, is that a cheese sandwich, bro?" Right. Like, I mean, it was just it's like stop. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, I think we can agree th- at least one thumb up. Yeah? Yeah. 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 All, right. All right. Put it on your B list. Yeah. B list. Put it on your maybe not fake list, but maybe yeah. real list. <laughs> there you go. Kiss and Booth 3, Amy. <gasps> Mark. All right. This is Amy. This is this is your baby. This is the one. You love this. You love this. Kiss and Booth 1. I loved Kissing Booth 1. So. I didn't love Kissing Booth 2. Um, and kissing and kiss, so kissing booth one is just as a super fast recap and kissing kissing booth one this girl I don't actually to be honest with you I don't even remember how it all came about but she's best friends with this guy named Lee they've been best friends since they were little their families are super close she basically lives with their beach house in the summer um, and she's she is secretly in love with his older brother who is like this super cool super hot older guy and then it turns out he's secretly in love with her too and they kiss at a kissing booth um and then in the second one they're dating but he's at college and he's his best friend is a girl which she's super jealous of which is weird because she has a best friend who's a guy but his best friend is also a super hot girl um with a british accent um and so they're trying to make that work but then she winds up meeting this guy um at home with the deepest voice with the deepest voice ever and they do this <laughs> dance competition together and whatever it's this whole thing kiss and they kiss she kissed she him. kisses him and you know the the, the boyfriend find, noah finds out but then by the end of the movie they're back together again so kissing booth three um kissing booth two by the way had nothing to do with the kissing booth kissing booth three really didn't either until they kind of brought it back in the end she and this this was a, a no parental supervision. Is this really the choice that you're making? Um, Lee and his girlfriend, Rachel, and Noah and Elle are spending the summer together. And they're just having this awesome, wonderful summer. And then they find out that Lee and Noah's parents are going to sell their beach house. And so these teenagers make a play to the parents. Hey, why don't you let us live in the beach house for the summer? I guess they're all 18, but let us live in the beach house for the summer and we'll pack it up for you and get it ready to sell. And the parents, mom is Molly Ringwald, and they're like, okay, sure, that's fine. So now they're all shacking up in this beach house for the summer. And at the end, the conflict at the end of Kissing Booth 2 was Lee is going to UC Berkeley and Noah goes to Harvard. And Elle applies to both schools, and she gets into both schools. But she tells both of the boys that she's been waitlisted because she doesn't want to have to make a choice, right? And that was really my big issue with this movie is it really bothered me that she was going to pick a school based on a boy. Either way, she's either picking UC Berkeley to be with Lee or she's picking Harvard because throughout almost the entire movie – she never talks about what she wants to study, what she's going to do. It's, am I going to go be with my best friend, Lee, or am I going to go be with my, my boyfriend, Noah? Like, that but, That really bothered me. What? 
But you see that at the end of the movie, she realizes that that was a problem. Well, and she, she does. doesn't realize it. Molly Ringwald has to tell her at the end of the movie it's a problem. The mother she's of these 18. two boys. She's still, learning. she's still learning these life lessons. Yeah, I know that. But <laughs> I almost went to college to follow a boy. And I was able to figure out that was the wrong choice. Like, at 18. But So that was really my big issue. Is you and Elle have a lot of similarities. We don't. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was really my issue is that I felt like Elle was solely motivated by these two boys. Everything she did was about these two boys. and it, Making sure they were happy. Right. And it, or but she was making a, sure that her father was happy, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to come home say, and I'll take care of my brother. Yeah. And I just found it really – there was a lot – that just made me go like, come on, Elle, because she's smart and she's strong and she has so much going for her. It for her it really bothered me. Anyway, that aside, the the cute part of the movie was like there's she and Lee as they're cleaning up the house. They find this bucket list of things they wanted to do before they went to college, and so then they spend the rest of the mon- rest of the summer trying to get this bucket list under control, which I loved. They did this go-kart racing dressed up as Mario Kart characters. And I loved it. They even had like little bombs that they were throwing on the track. And of course, you know, Noah is way too cool for that. He'll go watch. But who turns up at the the beach club that she works at but the guy that she kissed last season? And so he comes dressed dun, up dressed dun, up as dun. Waluigi. Um, and then, of course, he and Noah get in a fight. But So that was cute. They did a flash mob, which I thought that was cute. Um, like, I liked a lot of the things that they did. Um, but again, my big issue was just this... this making this strong girl character so weak and all she cared about was the boys. Interestingly, also, as that's happening, though, you can see that Lee's girlfriend, Rachel, is really like, I don't I don't think we should be, like, having a long-distance relationship, but she doesn't know how to say it to him. So that's happening, too. And then Elle's father now has a girlfriend that he's dating, and Elle is really struggling with that because she's, even though apparently it's been quite some time, she's just not ready um, for his father, her father to date somebody else. So Elle's got a lot happening. Um, and I, I did kind of feel for her. Like, it's hard to think about college, and it's hard to think about things changing and ending and everything's changing for this girl, right? Her dad has a girlfriend. She's going to go to college. She's losing one of these boys one way or the other, or maybe both of them. The you know Their family is selling this beach house. Like Everything's changing. So it was a lot for her, but I liked it. I, I did like it. I enjoyed it. Um, it that, again, that was just my, my issue was, was Elle's character. Did you guys like it? What were your thoughts about it? Uh, it's just, just for me, it follow the same recipe as one and two, mm-hmm. just very silly, very Lee and L centered. And even though Noah is her boyfriend, he, he kind of takes a lot of a backseat in this movie. Right. And I don't know if that's because he in the movie wanted to take a backseat. Like he didn't want to take part in anything. Right. Like he was just too old for everything. Uh, I did like at the end, there was the kind of callback to the end of... Was it season, when, when does he go to college? Is that the end of season yes. one? Yes. Uh, uh, so he's going up the escalator, and Elle's there looking up, waiting for him to turn back, and he doesn't. Yeah. And then, and then in 
uh, the third movie, he's going up the stairs after six years, which the whole time me and me and the wife were thinking about, oh, is there going to be a kissing booth for right? Is it like and they're in college, but then they do the fast forward six years and you see Lee is now engaged to his girlfriend. L got like a super short haircut and Noah shows up. He's in a nice suit. They talk and he's like, yeah, let's meet up. And he goes up the stairs, and this time he looks back, and L like, oh my god, he looked back at me. It's beautiful, right? And it's a love story all over again. Um, I enjoyed it. It was cute. I think I, f- I think I've had the same feelings for all the movies where it's not like, I think it's the best movie ever. I don't think it's terrible either, right? It, um, but it was it was all right. I will say <laughs> but that the whole time. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, and the whole time, my wife was like. Is there a kissing booth in this one? Where's the kissing booth? <laughs> right. right. I, I did like that in the end, she doesn't go to UC or Harvard. Like, I did like that. It I made me sad that the adult had to sit her down, but I can't complain because I'm always looking for the adults to intervene and give some common sense, so they finally did. Um, I did like that, you know, she she chose herself, right? She figured out what she wanted to do and then is going to a completely different school. So that made me happy. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise it felt, I, and I think that's the only way it can end, right? Because if she goes to UC with Lee, well, he's already got like a new friend at UC and he's going to be fine because their friendship's going to survive. And if she goes to Harvard, and, and that's the thing, Noah's character was always kind of tough for me because a lot of the time I'm like, he's not really that nice. But but you could tell that he really did love her. And I liked the fact that once he found out that she had gotten into both of the schools and that she was probably picking Harvard for him. He's like, listen, you got to make your own choice. But if you pick Harvard, you're not going there with me. And I really liked that because I felt like that was him looking out for her. Like, you you can't choose me. You have to choose. You'll always protect her. Right. You can't choose me. You have to choose <laughs> you. Um, so I, I, I did like that piece of it. Mark, you didn't see the whole thing, did you? I, I had not finished the whole season three, but I had gotten through uh, uh, seasons one and two to prepare for it. And so for me, what I felt like, because I watched a few episodes of season three, uh, it, the formula for one and two really worked. And it was fun and light with a little bit of, of that sort of teen drama. Hmm. But I, I mean, I think that as as with any kind of show, like like think back like shows like Glee, as the kids get older and life becomes more real you start to kind of lose that comedic element, the fun element, uh, or, or if you go after it, it just does, it feels more forced. And I felt like in season three, the montage, well, I will say this, the Mario, the Mario Kart episode mm-hmm. was, or that was inspired. Right. I love that. But like the, the, uh, the bucket list mm-hmm. was so dumb. Right. Like, <laughs> It was so dumb, and and who's paying so, for all that stuff? Yes, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I, right? I mean, I think Even, like, I think Lee and Noah's family is beginning. paying for it. I guess, yeah. That's why they had to sell the house. <laughs> um, but uh, so I liked it. I, I'm kind of with Diego. What I've seen so far, I I liked it. I think I, they, I think it. yeah. I think they made a smart move by doing the fast forward six years. Yes. It kind of gets them out of having to do a, a fourth one. I'd be shocked if they did a fourth one. But if you if you took the ride with Kissing Booth one and two, you have to watch three to kind yes. of get that that closure. I definitely recommend so, so that you do get that closure. Again, this is not gonna win any awards. No. But it's if if you saw one and two, you should definitely watch three. Right. I love the, I love the fact that the way that they're gonna show that they're all older is that 
she has a haircut and he's wearing a <laughs> suit. Like, oh, it's like they're adults. It's so felicity. <laughs> Got it. Short hair and a suit. You're adults now. That just made me laugh. That's, that's an adult. That is an adult haircut. Yeah, I guess so. I, maybe I need to get that. But I don't know. Right. So real quickly, uh, do you guys have anything that is on your list of things that we kind of want to, you know, keep on our radar to kind of help oh, people make a decision? Uh Amy, I don't know if you have your list of 20 things that you say you're going to watch, but only watch one. Uh, but, you know, if you want to rattle off your 20, go ahead. And when you watch only one, okay. we'll know. All right. I'm only, I have a list. There's not 20. Um, Diego, we should guess which one she's Yes. Watch. Yes, you should. It's like 40, 40 truths and one lie. Or no, 40 lies and one truth. So I would like to see, if possible at all, we'll see, maybe, maybe not, clickbait. Um, I want to see yes. Black Island. I want to see The Chair. I want to see yes. Open Your Eyes, Out of My League. The Witcher is coming back. I want to see The Witcher. Uh, Postmortem, No One Dies in Scarns looks good. I, I, I can tell you I'm definitely watching this next one, He's All That, which is kind of a remake yeah. of She's All That, which is a movie that I loved. Um, and then Sweet Girl and... That's where I'll end my list this time. Uh, what right, about you Mark? guys? He he's all that looks like it could be interesting if you you know if you like the first one because it's that kind of role reversal with the girls, right? And, you know, choosing the guy and it's incorporating social media and stuff. And they have the dance the dance number on the on the prom dance. Yeah, board. I can't with um, those. I know. <laughs> so, uh, for well, for me, clickbait for sure. The chair for sure. And I was thinking about you, Amy, so much with the chair since it's. Uh, you know, she's she's an English department head. And, mm-hmm. You know, your love of literature and everything. I'm yep. curious to see what that plays out as. Um, the only other one is, and I've already started watching it actually, is uh, Bake Squad, which I figured, Diego, you might be watching. Oh, um, that didn't even pop up on my list. Oh, it's, it it's, Bake it's Squad. Cute. It's got like, no, it's got, um, it's, it's uh, I'm forgetting now the, the hostess, uh, she is famous for something cooking related. Now I'm blanking, but uh, it's got four kind of unique and funky dessert uh, uh, and pastry chefs, and they every episode they have a challenge to make the coolest, funkiest dessert for an event that they have like a real-life person come in and say, oh, it's my children's shared birthday, and they both have such different interests. And then they make like four-foot-tall cakes made out of chocolate mm. dinosaurs. But um, okay, okay. I got to ask you, Diego, so that's it for my list, uh, but have you watched Cooking with Paris yet? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I challenge you. I challenge you. I'm. I feel like I'll we lose have this a, challenge. Let's have a new segment where I find like the like the lamest gayest show and make you watch it. <laughs> I just as long as it's good, I'll watch it. It's just Paris Hilton just doesn't entice me. It's just it could be any. If they had a different host, maybe. But I just I I have no interest in watching anything Paris Hilton does at this point. in my viewing career all right all right i I hand it to you diego i i'm gonna these are the the three musketeers uh because they're three actors or shows that are attributed to actors that i definitely want to watch the first one is sweet girl with my man jason momoa so that's a movie i definitely want to watch that then i have kate and woody harrelson's in that one so i definitely want to watch that and then they have the animated The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. So I know we, we talked about The Witcher, and I finally got to watch that a couple months ago. 
and I love The Witcher, and that has my boy Henry Cavill in it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if he's in this or is voicing this at all, but I definitely want to watch that because I definitely want to see where uh, season two of The Witcher, whenever that comes out. So those are three shows. Uh, hopefully, I get to this week. Okay. Um, but I think that's about it, everyone. And you know, thank you for for joining us. You know, we try to get you guys going in the right direction in terms of shows that you might have heard about so if there's something that you're unsure about you want us to watch it before you watch it so that we can kind of give you a heads up if you should watch it let us know check out the facebook page instagram the twitter leave us some comments some likes download tell a friend tell a friend of a friend uh and if anything guys anything else no that's it all right we will catch everyone next time bye everyone Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.